Thanks so much for joining us for Faith in Four Letter Words, where we talk about surviving the boys' club, motherhood, and of course, perfect Polly, all while living in the glass fishbowl. I'm Amanda Goodman. And I'm Tara Thomas. So excited to be doing another podcast with you. October people October. is the topic for this Tara, discussion. This, this is one of my favorite, favorite quotes, and it goes like this. It says, October is about trees revealing colors they've hidden all year. People have an October as well. And this resonates with me and with you so much because nothing revealed the October people and weeded them out more than when we left the news desk. Absolutely. And I will share this story. So you left the television station in Iowa. I was your replacement. We, you know, I was on, I was on the news desk already. I get an email from, you know, this one woman. She said, you know, we really want to get to know you. Um, Come out. Let's go have some drinks. And I said, well, let's, can we go somewhere? Like, let's go some, get some coffee because Tara doesn't drink. And these were, this person was, had known you and had followed you and had been your friend throughout your news career in Iowa. And she was um, an October person. She was an October person because her response (laughs) to me was, well, I'm not. We're not going to invite Tara, and that's when you and I knew each other. But we and I had really... introduced you to her through you. You met yes, her through I me. I met her through you. So I. But said I that... was no longer in your now chair. No, because <laughs> now you weren't important anymore. Because you weren't the news lady I was. So I remember saying, "I'm like, because you were so kind to me during that whole interview process and everything, and we were just starting a friendship. So I didn't really know Tara that well. But I said, I got to show you this. And I remember showing you. Which I appreciate. Yeah, and I'm like, just watch yourself with this one. Like, I don't, like, watch your back. And at that moment, I'm like, these are the kind of people I don't want in my life. The opportunist people, you know. And we've had them our entire career. But my friend list decreased significantly, which is fine with me. Weed yourself out so I don't have to. When I got left... Television news, local, absolutely television news. It's sad because you would like to believe that the relationships that you build are authentic, but then uh, upon reflection and how those engagements change when you're no longer in that authoritative position of being a news anchor, you realize how shallow level it all was, and and that was a hard pill for me to swallow because, as crazy as it sounds, I genuinely. When I left that anchor desk, when I went home, tried to form the kind of friendships that I would have had in college or high school where I really wanted to have that commonality, that relatability. And it wasn't based on me thinking, oh, I'm special. You should want to hang out with me. I genuinely tried to form sincere friendships. And it's my husband who is my litmus test. It's amazing. He's been in my life since I was 24 years old. And the man is the best judge of character I know. And he has warned me numerous times over the years. And every time it has played out to be, he was right. And I didn't always (laughs) listen to him. I was reluctant to listen to him because I was all in. I really thought, no, they're, they're fun. They're nice. They're great to be around. And he would warn me. And without a doubt, the friendship, quote unquote, as shallow level as it was would come crashing down. And do you know, it was often co-workers because we were in a business where, let's face it, egotistical, shallow level people are attracted to television news. Look at me. I want to be the center of attention. Right. And and you're granted a stage to be given all of this fake love and adoration that is so fleeting, so fleeting, and ultimately burns you if you oh, believe that people genuinely care about you 
and not, you know, this potential status that one can gain from being attached to your pseudo celebrity. Mm-hmm. I, um, when I left, when I got out of the business and it was all these people, these other people, some people in leadership roles and they would see me and I would say hi and they would go the other way. And then they went to the, whoever <laughs> was on the news now and, or whoever it, it was funny. So then, um, circle back later and then things start happening and I'm doing more in the community and it's, you know, um, I'm speaking at more places. This podcast comes out and these same people are trying to come back. I'm like, girl, please. I mean, you know what I mean? (laughs) Who are you? Like, I'm done. I'm done. So, and I know women, we face it more. Women deal, like men don't care. Like men don't care. I mean, you know, my husband's like, if no one talks to him again, he's like, I'm good. Like Same with my husband. I know. What is it about men? I'm jealous of their ability to be okay with not being surrounded by some, you know, shallow circle of friends. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I have felt used. Like there's so many times that I have felt used to the point, you know, could you post this on your page? Because you have a lot of followers. And, you know, when I was in news, absolutely in in news, I did because I didn't want to make anybody mad. Because if I made somebody mad, then maybe the ratings would be affected. And I wanted to be loved by everybody. I wanted everybody to like me now. It's like, no, do it yourself. And I'm not trying to be if it's an important cause. Absolutely. But I'm not going to sell something for you. Like, you know what I mean? And so it was. People wash my hands. I, there was this one, this one woman. Every time she saw me, it was we have to get together. Let's have coffee. Let's have wine. Let's you know. You would have thought that I had leprosy when she saw me. It was like two weeks after I left, and I saw her. We were at a local coffee shop, and I said, "Hey," I said, "We have to get together." It was like I wasn't even there. She looked wow. right. She looked right past me, and I just stood there with a smirk on my face because I knew all along. I knew all along. Like, I don't like, I don't like any fake praise. Like my best friend, you know, Angie, and she's going to kill me for bringing her up. This is why she and I became so close. When I first moved to Iowa, we were running a house. We wanted to figure out where we wanted to live. We rented this house across the street from her. This neighborhood, we, the, the neighborhood had this awesome um, fire pit that night. And so we were all sitting around and everyone was super nice, but they were all talking about like, what's it like on the news? I love watching you, you know, all that stuff. And she was sitting across from me and glaring at me like this. I don't give a crap who you are, mm-hmm. facial expression. I mean, she couldn't have cared less. And she was just like giving me this look like, and I'm like, uh-huh, I'm going to be friends with her. Because she didn't give a crap. Right. She she didn't care. And so those people who, you know, clamp on to you, you see it everywhere. You know what I totally. mean? Totally. Like, I was invited to a neighborhood barbecue on Memorial Day weekend, okay, by an individual who had messaged me on Facebook because an organization, a nonprofit that she was a part of, was having a fashion show or some other event, and they wanted it to be publicized. And of course, the free publicity that many of these, you know, limited budget nonprofit entities are pursuing comes by way of, in some people's minds, faking friendship right. with local newspeople. And I drank the Kool-Aid. I genuinely thought, oh, she's, you know, a neighbor and she is sincere and no problem. I can promote this, but that was only part of the relationship or part of the equation. In fact, that was the only thing that mattered to her. When I was invited to- What can you do for her? Yeah, to this barbecue. I'll never forget. So my husband, again, like, like yours, like Hector, Take it or leave it. He didn't need to go to this neighborhood barbecue, but we both were going, and and I encouraged him that, oh, it'll be fine. We'll meet people. 
walk to the backyard where there is a literal circle of lawn chairs where all of these individuals, none of whom I really knew well, but some, you know, knew me, knew my job, and and we were neighbors. And I was with my husband locked out of the circle (laughs) so that we were sitting in our chairs outside of said circle because I hadn't achieved the inner circle status for people to move their lawn chairs aside and let us in. And it was a stark reality that faced me where I said, you know what? Clearly, they only invited me because of this quid pro quo that was going to come from this, not because they genuinely want to get to know my husband and me. And after time passed, when I had run into that person or been around that person socially, when I no longer held that authority, being an ex-news person, they didn't have the time for me, nor would they even acknowledge me. And that is, it's sad, but like you said, it also really helps you to value those that do stay, are committed, and are genuine friends, because our time is valuable. And so I don't have as much time to commit to building a friendship, especially when many of them bear out to be insincere. Well, it's like the I, I tell people all the time, the only thing I want fake in my, you know, my life is my hair, my lashes, and my spray tan. You know? And I got criticized recently by a few people. I posted something, I wrote a blog about um, I asked who's gonna be there before well, if I'm invited to go somewhere, oh, right, the right. first thing I say is like, who's going to be there? And someone said like, do you think you're better than anybody? Like you can't, no, I don't think I'm better. That's the thing. I do not think I'm better than anybody. However, I am not fake and I'm tired of the BS. I'm not better than anybody, but I am better than the BS. So I'm going to decide who I spend my time with because for so long I sacrificed my time and my family's time. That's correct. For the news life. So if I'm going to go to some place, like a party, an event, or, you know, or there are people there whom I don't want to be around because I know their real side, I'm not going to pretend because I cannot pretend. If I don't like you, you will see it on my face. Or I probably have already told you. Or maybe I've blogged about you. I don't know. But I am just – because first of all, other people deserve that. They They deserve me to be real with them. Everybody deserves that. There's so much fakeness. And I've seen it so over it's, and it's over. the rule, not the exception. And it's an admirable quality that you are being true to yourself and your feelings. And really, it should be something that people take as more meaningful than if you do show up. Because I truly want to be here. I'm not trying to use you to get ahead or, you know, to have some ulterior motive. You genuinely, genuinely want to be around that person. It's well, it's like small talk when people see small talk, you know, and it's when you know someone's fake, like when people stop me, and I know it happens to us all the time, it's such an honor. It really is. When people, when they, anybody takes the time out of the day to come up and say hi, you know, and I want to be genuine and I want to be real. It's like, so people, it's uncomfortable when people will say, well, I miss you on the news. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't miss those hours because I don't know how to respond. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, but I want people to understand that I am very real and I'm trying to be authentic. So I'm not going to put myself in a position um, or in a situation or put my husband in a situation where we're surrounded by people who are just smiling, but they've got that knife behind their back. Oh, totally. Because it's a chocolate cover razor blade. And sadly... It really came clear to me from some high-profile individuals like ourselves at the time, a former politician, well-known in the area. (laughs) And this guy had been known to hang out with some of my former coworkers. 
and was very much one of the guys that loved to, you know, build those relationships with the news people. And I was dumb enough to think that, you know, he was a genuinely down to earth, nice guy. And I'll never forget, he was so friendly and so outgoing and so, oh, high energy whenever I was around him socially when I was doing the news. And then after my exit, I went to a party where there were quite a few, I would say, affluent people that had, you know, some level of power brokering in their midst. And he looked at me like he didn't even recognize me. Like he he's never seen me. And it was it took me took me back because on the one hand, I almost wanted to call him out and say, Really? Yeah. Like you're the same guy that had, you know, reporters on their laps, supposedly. And now <laughs> I'm a ghost. I'm a ghost, you know, but it was it was a good it was a good ego check because you're right. I mean, no matter how important you might think you are in whatever position you're in, there are so many people that truly are genuinely doing nothing but social climbing. And what a wonderful thing to break away from that and not not need that that fulfillment that isn't fulfilling because it's not real. And if 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 there are people out there who don't think that if it's local television people or people there they those people have motives too. People in the public eye, they may be looking, you know, to get something from you as well. They may try to be like, you know, these master manipulators are putting themselves in the right scenarios where they can also benefit. And that's it. And I used to like like it used to bother me like when someone didn't like me if I found so- someone. Now I'm like I don't care. If you can block me, you can unfriend me, you cannot want anything to do with me. But the one thing you're going to do, you're going to be real. If you don't like me, that's absolutely okay. You don't have to like me. But, you know, I'm always one of these people like, you know, I tell my daughter all the time, you don't have to like everybody, you know, and not everybody has to like you. You just need to check people and say, well, then keep my name out of your mouth. If you don't like me, then there's no reason you're talking about me, you know? Right. So I just, I was reading, I found this post and I want, like, it was when I, I always want to know why would you we surround ourselves with people who we don't like and who don't like us and why are we apologizing for it and as I think as women we often apologize like oh I'm sorry I don't want to go you know I don't want to if you don't want to go somewhere because there's a person there like Polly's there and you don't like Polly I'm not going mm-hmm. Polly can have a good right. time like I'm not going and you don't have to apologize that doesn't mean that you you think you're better than somebody that doesn't mean that you you know you're the B word that just means you value your time you are admitting you know what my time is precious it is I'm going to spend it with the people who lift me up and are you know and but don't and not the ones who have an ulterior motive or have that knife behind your back it's the chocolate cover razor blade people the ones that appear all sweet but they're they're going to cut you as soon as you turn your back and our Mantra that we need to acknowledge, Pastor Q, Mm -hmm. my pastor at Hope City Church, in a sermon Sunday, he stated a line that I know we've all heard before, which is, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That's awesome. And I thought about that and it impacts us from adulthood all the way down to our children. Your friends are your perhaps biggest influencers and drivers because like you just said, you care what they think. And so for me, I had to start examining more closely after hearing him say that again. And I've heard it before, but it really, this time it hit me differently because I I had to say, you know what? I'm not getting any any younger. My time is limited. Mm -hmm. And how I spend those precious few hours in the day that aren't committed to work and family 
need to be intentional and meaningful and who is in my midst that is either building me up or tearing me down. It's Absolutely. worth a self-examination. It is. And our children are watching, especially our daughters. They're watching how we react to people. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, and I want people to know this. So when you have me, if I, if it's an event, know that I'm all in and I believe it and I'm there for the right reasons. I'm not there to be seen. I'm not there to be like, oh, look, I mean, it's not about that. I'm there. I want, it's, it's 100% authentic and genuine. And that's what I want people to know. That's why I'm vocal. And that's why, you know, I may be rough around the edges. At least, you know, you're getting, you're getting me. And that's how you're the same way. You don't invest in anything. I remember like you are the house of hope is very close to you. Family and children's council, very close to you. And you emcee all those events. And I remember when I came here um, to Iowa and there was an event and the, and Karen, who's in charge of house of hope, she was like, you know, I hope you don't mind that we have Tara. We're going to have Tara still MC that event. I'm like, you're damn right you're going to have Tara MC that event. Because it's important to her. It's passionate. She's passionate about it. And why? Just because she's not the anchor anymore? She shouldn't? So I've always respected how, like, I've always respected them for doing that. And I've always respected you for doing that. It's it's just the the amount of fakery that was surrounding us for so long and the people. Well, and it's at times lonely when you think about our jobs, that industry essentially put us in a position where we had to move to anywhere USA where we had zero family or personal connection. So when you think about all the people in your life, if you're from here, that you've been connected to for years, in our case, we had to start over because mm-hmm. we moved here for jobs. Right. Fortunately, our significant others followed us, and that's rare. It's rare that women take the lead right. on where a family locates. Just in talking to people, I can't think of, I can probably count on one hand the number of women who said, oh, my my man followed me here. So right. just that in itself puts us in a very rare category. Then you add to it, we had such a high profile, we are in your living room job that right out of the gate, you instantly have this recognition from strangers. And so any of those original friendships that formed for us, oftentimes we didn't expect them to be so fleeting. But when you add up all of the elements, they were shallow mm-hmm. because there was nothing that really held us to them or connected us to them other than we're on television. We're on television. When I, one of my favorite news directors, his name is Marty Van Housen, and he hired me in North Carolina. And when I got there, he, you know, I had that perfect news hair. You know, I'm talking about that Bob and I had, I mean, it was just, and, and I just would read the news and he looked at me and he said, what do you stand for? I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, well, what do you stand for? He said, you can't like, you just can't go out there and read the news. Like he was the first one to, well, the second one, but he was one who like really challenged me to stand for, like, who cares that you can go out there and deliver the news and MC an event? Like, what's your thing? I love that. You know, and it was that was that challenge. It was he's like, that's where people are going to know that you're the real deal. And not and not like the real deal. Like, oh, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be this anchor on network. news. No, like the real deal. Like I'm coming into your living room. You're maybe watching me when you're eating dinner. You just know that I got your back. I am real that you can come up to me. And what you see is what you get. My favorite one of my favorite Bible verses that I actually shared the night that I closed out my time on television news to whom much is given, much is expected. When we were put in positions, not by luck, but by clearly the hand of fate and a lot of sacrifice along the way to land those chairs, Mm -hmm. we are then in a position 
where we do have a lot of influence, we do have a positional authority and, and, you know, we've acquired this agency that's powerful. So we felt an obligation that you cannot take this for granted and, you know, worry about hair and makeup and go home. We mm-hmm. felt that we had to extend that that courtesy to bring others into the light, mm-hmm. so to speak. So bonus for us that we then became familiar with important and meaningful outlets to be able to share this newfound control that we had to be able to spotlight an agency as an MC or do a news story on it or serve on a board. I mean, I'll never forget when I was in Yakima, Washington, where more than 50% of the households were Spanish speaking in the home. I hooked up with this La Casa Hogar, this local nonprofit, and I was teaching English to Hispanic immigrants, to Mm -hmm. Latino immigrants. And Yet I was a news anchor and they didn't care. I mean, they weren't watching. They were watching Telemundo, perhaps. They weren't even watching the local news. But to be able to go into these, you know, really the rare opportunity we were given to go into these circles where others would not be be trusted and to know that we can make a difference. And, yeah, I'm on TV But at the end of the day, like, what am I doing to better my existence as a human being? What am I doing to help people? And so what a great bridge that you parlayed from that recognition on the evening news to now lead the fight for, through Family and Children's Council, protecting children. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing when you think about the reach that was built in so Mm -hmm. that now you've been able to rattle so many more cages. Well, and I think what you and I... We gained. We had that platform being on television. We were very fortunate to have that because we all we we almost got instant credibility just by being on that desk. Okay, you do. But I'm thankful that people always knew. I when I when people realize that I'm not the one you can control. I'm not going to be the puppet. I'm going to speak what's on my mind and I'm going to fight for what's right. When I was still on the news desk and I made a lot of people angry, I made supervisors of mine angry because I didn't fit that mold of what that traditional female should look be like on the desk. Right. Okay. I think that's what gave me the credibility. So I think now I'm thankful for that. So people know like, okay. She stands for something. She stands for something. And like she Marty said. It. Right. She, like, she, you have to stand for something. Because if you don't, I don't want to watch anybody who doesn't stand for anything. Because like I said, anybody can read a prompt. Like, anybody can read a prompt. I never want it to read a prompter. I never want it to be that person. I never want it to be that porcelain doll that just went along. And like, what wasn't about getting recognized. Like, I didn't want to get recognized when I went in public. I want it to blend in. Because it's very awkward being recognized. It was always very awkward for me. It still well, is. you always have I- to be on. I mean, my husband, when I started that blog, when we talk about blogging, and, and that was how I really did connect with viewers. And when you, when you go into that, okay, now we're going to give you a snapshot of our personal lives, he had to start checking himself out in public. Because what if... Tara Thomas's husband does something wrong or disciplines her right. children in a way that is not appropriate in their eyes. I mean, he's you're constantly being judged. And right. so, like you described, when these October people emerge after the fact, then it's really hard to not say, OK, you know what? I let you judge me and tear me apart and, and criticize my red lipstick. 
But now I'm going to protect mm-hmm. my time right. and my people, you know, the this family that you've forced into a fishbowl for right. so much of our existence. So I applaud you for being able to stand up and say, no, I don't have to show up at every party, make small talk with every person I run into and continue the phoniness. I mean, you've earned the right to walk away from that and to have, as we like to say, a circle as small as a Cheerio. It's a smaller. I think we. I think our circle, because we have the same circle, it is smaller. Very small. Than a Cheerio. But it's, you know, it was funny how people were just so offensive. It wasn't all because it was, and we've talked about it, once you hit 40 as a woman. Something shifts. And I love some woman on Instagram was like, I'm turning 30. I'm not waiting till 40. I'm like, good, do it for you. <laughs> it's just, you, you make your own rules. Don't live everyone's rules. You make it your own. I mean- that's why people know I'm not going to make a plan with you on Monday because by Friday, I'm not going to want to do anything. And I'm not going to apologize for it anymore. I'm not going to apologize for saying, no, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. And I'm not saying like, so when I show up, just know that I am fully there. That's right. And I'm not trying to say, roll out the red carpet. Uh, you are worthy of my time. <laughs> it is not that. It's not that. It is just I I am just very careful. I'm very guarded. You know, it's you talk about the family, like you wrote, you blogged about your family, and I talk about, I rarely post of my husband, and it's, you know, I keep everything. I could have pitched his. Your lawn man. Yeah, my lawn man. Like, support my poor husband. <laughs> that's, another, that's, that's another, another topic story. we'll get into another day. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I don't, I keep everything. I want people to know I'm very, very real. I'm not going to push anything. So it's like our, my work Facebook page professional page. I'm like, you know what? If you want to listen to this podcast, here's where you can go. I'm not, you're here for this, for child advocacy. And for me going on my rants about inappropriate people in our community, like go over there. So I'm not going to plug my husband and where he works and send business his way. I could, and I have a great audience for that. I'm not. So that's why I thought it was very funny. There was this woman who's, she's a friend of mine now. Um, so she went into my husband's, where his his business and uh, where he, his office. And there is a picture of the two of us on his desk, like his credenza behind his desk. And so she goes back to her office and she was like, this guy, like, What's his deal? Why does he have a picture of Amanda Goodman? Like, is he like a super fan? They're like, that's his wife. You know, and so it was for me. I loved it because I, I have guarded it. him for so long because I wanted to keep him. He's done so much. That's He's, right. He that takes a man, and our husbands are the secure same. Men. A secure man to be referred to. You're Tara's husband. You're Amanda's husband. Absolutely. So my Absolutely. big one of my biggest joys leaving the news is that he I'm referred to as Hector's wife. And that to me is so cool. I was like, I have never been referred to as Mrs. Baldivieso. He has been referred to as Hector Goodman, Mr. Goodman. And so he answers. And my husband is Latino. So you know his last name, not Goodman, by looking at him. I mean, he's got jet black hair. But so for that, I was so thankful. So it was like he was the real deal. And so he gets it. Like, you know, it's he's the Mr. Social one now. When I used to be forced into social. Right. You know, because for once we can take a back seat. Um, My husband has been a teacher in Waterloo at West High School since he came here in 2005. And now things have shifted to where a lot of those former students will say, aren't you Mr. Gutman's wife? And it's amazing. We both don't you we use our maiden names professionally so right. Amanda Goodman Tara Thomas really it's Amanda Baldivieso and I'm Tara Getman and ironically my 
husband's middle name is Thomas. So for years, yeah. when people would see David Thomas Getman, oh, you took your wife's last name. No, that's her maiden name. <laughs> and our son is Thomas. So Thomas Thomas it, at Walmart right. repeatedly, like, why'd you name your kid Thomas Thomas? No, Thomas Getman. Right. When you had your third and fourth child, and I was long gone from the <laughs> news, at West High, he would be approached repeatedly by students who would say, congratulations on the baby, Mr. Getman, because they we, thought we, we, we you were me. Each other. Then... A student, like what you described with Hector, saw photos of me in his PE office at West and reported him via the parents to the administration. Is that PE teacher stalking the news lady? No, it's his wife. She's sleeping with us. He's sleeping with her. So, I mean, it is a bizarre world and existence for our husbands. And they are amazing men and wonderful sports. And honestly, and I know this will upset some people, but I, for me as a woman... Having that relationship with my husband, who is my best friend, and the secure, the secure, you know, manhood, if you will, that he brings to our relationship, it has kept me grounded and knocked me off my pedestal time and time again. I, when I am out there, mm. you know, that kite in the clouds, he is standing on the ground, holding the bottom of the string to remind me that at the end of the day. No one cares that you are on television and you're not the most important person in the room. And thank God that God brought somebody like that into my life because I would not be the wife and mother I am today without that kind of check and balance. That is absolutely. My husband used to be in news. He worked for Telemundo, actually. That's how he and I met. And so um, I remember when people would say, well, why don't you use your married name? Like, and, and I worked in the Bible Belt for many years many years in Texas and North Carolina. I was in the Bible belt and people were like, why didn't you say you're, you're taking your husband's last name? I said, well, I do with my children and like doctor's appointments and all that other fun stuff, you know, everything else in my real world. But working, I was my maiden name. And I, some woman was so angry with me. She's like, you should have his last name. Well, first of all, it wasn't a fit on the, the, the Chiron. <laughs> it wasn't a fit on the, my last name is, has every vowel like five exactly. times over, you know, it wouldn't have fit on the television. But the other thing is I... I earned everything. And it's not being disrespectful to my husband. I want it like Amanda Goodman went through the trenches. That's right. My parents put me through school and they did all that. Amanda Goodman went to school. My husband didn't go to school to be, you know, the, you know, a, right. a journalist. Like, And so someone's like, that is just dishonoring him. I'm, I'm, I was so upset. I went home and I said, are you upset that I'm not using your name? And he's like, I could care I could care less. I could care less. So that was just always very interesting to me in, in that dynamic where people were. Um, but when he realized he he like he like your husband was always very protective of who was around me, and That's it was right. it was not a jealousy thing. But he saw he saw the sharks, the he October was, people. He saw clearly, all he clearly. saw all the October people. And but the and funny we thing were, is we were delusional at times. You well, know? Sometimes we were, and other times I look I would look at him and we'd be in the middle of like a party or an event. And I'm like, do they think I'm dumb? You know, I was born in the morning, but not this morning. And that's the thing. Like, it's not, I am not book smart. Street smarts, I am. I will call a situation and I can read someone and I can smell BS from a mile away. Mm -hmm. So I can't hide that on my face. I'm not going to hide it on my face anymore. And I may call you out individually. Like, you know, like just stop. Take that somewhere else. Because who has time for it? Especially being a woman. If, if, if you're married, you're dealing, if especially this time of season, you're dealing with the man flu. 
And when they get sick and a sniffle, it's like they might as well be hospitalized. <laughs> I mean, you know, but we're dealing with children and schedules and work. There's no such thing as work-life balance. That's another like that's another time. There's no such thing. It's the only thing you can have work. How you have work-life balance is you have to say no to something. That's exactly right. And you just have to choose. Is it you're going to say no to your family today? You're going to say no to your career. That's it. You have to say no to something. I love that. It's I'm true. just saying to just say no to the BS. Say no to the October people. Get them out of your life. If they're they're in your they're, you have people. I encourage all women to look at your circle. And what have these people done for you? And it's not like I'm not talking about giving you gifts and like monetary things, but are they your ride or die? Are they going to show up when you without even you needing to say something? Or what are they taking from you? I mean, it's. I always love the emails that I get, and it starts with, it's somebody that I rarely know. It's, oh, my God, your children are so beautiful. You look so great, girl. Hey, by the way, and I'm like, here it comes. Here comes something. They need something. I haven't heard from you in, like, six months, but now you need something from me. Door's closed. Mm -hmm. I'm done. Absolutely. And like you said, you take a look. You do that inventory. Who's making you a better person? Who's building you up mm-hmm. versus tearing you down? And and sometimes it's a hard, honest truth that you have to face when you reflect on what somebody is bringing to the table or taking from you mm-hmm. when you least expect it. And I think we should close this out by personally, I have to say that I'm blessed. I, I say that word sincerely as a strong Christian. I, I feel blessed to have you in my tribe and to know Likewise. that our commonality has forged opportunities for us to impart some of what we share, not just from our job collectively as news people, but the fact that we don't want women to continue to waste time or opportunities Energy. to, yeah, to get some things right in their circle so that they can continue to move forward in a healthier place. I mean, you'll never regret that time you spend with the people that are the authentic, genuine love to build you up friends in your midst. But I do look back and I have regretted some of the time, the emotion Mm -hmm. and the wasted energy that I have spent on some of the people that in the end, at the end of the day, three months, three years, three, you know, clicks on Facebook away are no longer going to matter. No, I never, I don't want the hype guy. You know, Mike Tyson, the legendary fighter, paid someone six figures to walk around his house. He would brush his teeth. Oh, Mike, you brush your teeth the best. Like you're... They, he had a hype guy who told him how awesome he was every second of the day. I don't need, I don't want a hype guy in my life. I don't need anybody to tell me that I'm the best at this or the best at this. I want someone who, well, before we hang up the phone, before he talks, hey, I love you. Love you too. I want someone who, who's going to go to battle for me if necessary. You know, it's real friends talk crap about you to your face and defend you to the end behind your back. That's what I want in my life. And if you can't do that for me, you got to go. And like, and, and no hard feelings, but just, I'm done. I am done. I'm tired of these wasted, you know, moments. And I, like, I have to, I have to echo and not to have this cheesy, mushy moment. I'm so thankful for you, you know, and we are the type, you know, we don't talk on the phone when we, 
if we call each other on the phone, we're like, oh, this is juicy. Like, there is something because we are texters. <laughs> but we could go like a week, two weeks and not talk. And we just pick up right where we're at. And that's what you you need those kind of people. Get rid of your October people. I promise you it's going to be liberating for you. Let people know that your time matters and you value it. And I'm, I'm telling cut them off. And full disclosure, Hector Let's be honest. He is kind of your hype guy. He's he's hyping you up behind he, the scenes. He hypes me up. Behind, he actually does not at all. Like he is. He is my biggest. He's fan. in your corner. For he's sure. in my corner. But he is the first one to you know deflate that ego. If that ego, oh, absolutely, he will put me in check. And if he doesn't, one of my four children will. Probably the four year old Lucia. She will let me know. Like when I had my hair. I don't know what I had on. I had. Uh, Oh, I had my eyebrows done the other day. <laughs> and she's like, you look stupid. I was like, thank you. My, that's my reality check. So as we've concluded here, get rid of the October people and take back your life and your time. And thanks so much for listening. <laughs>